What is up, People First Leaders? Welcome to the Leading People First podcast. My name is Chris Lin, and I'm your advocate and host, helping you transform the workplace through the employee experience. I am so excited you're here and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. Thank you again so much for downloading this episode. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, take a moment and hit subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll get every episode downloaded straight to your device once episodes go live. This podcast is available everywhere you can get podcasts like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So again, hit subscribe and let's get straight into this week's episode. So I have a question for you. When you think of human resources or people operations, what comes to mind? Conflict resolution? Benefits? Employee relations? Ugh, and compliance? Well, I had the chance to talk with Ellen Sweeney. She's the head of people operations at MeUndies. Ellen joined MeUndies in 2015, and she's been the head of people operations since 2018. She's been an integral part of creating a competitive workplace for attracting and retaining talent, much in thanks to the policies, programs, and professional development she's put in place. Ellen and her team have brought back the human and human resources at MeUndies. I've heard about the amazing culture at MeUndies, but didn't really know what was happening behind the scenes. Ellen's top priority as a people leader is to develop a work environment where employees are able to feel happy, confident, and empowered to do great work. She actively works to eliminate the stigma of traditional HR and push the function toward optimizing the employee experience, creating places where employees can thrive. When she's not leading her team and the people at MeUndies, she's leading the members of her online Instagram running group, Anyone Running Club an outlet where she encourages runners of all levels to know they're both capable and worth showing up for every day. Now let's jump right into this interview. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. So first things first, let's just kick it off. What does leading people first mean to you? I think that's a, a great first question for this podcast. Leading people first to me is ensuring that the individuals that you're leading or interacting with, you are empowering them in everything that they do to be able to push them forward so that they can really do their best work. Um, I think it's important to think through in leading people first, that it's not a one size fits all for the people that you're leading, but really making sure that the experience for each individual at your company or in your group is uh, worked with in the way that's best for them to really unlock their individual potential. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, we are all individual people. We all have our own strengths, our own passions, and it's really important for leaders to right, understand that. So that's really, uh, that's great. Yeah. So you, uh, you're currently at uh, MeUndies running the people operations side of things. Uh, I would love for you to share, where has your journey taken you so far? Awesome. Um, yeah, I, my path to, to leading the people team at MeUndies is probably a little bit unique. Um, I started my career in hospitality where I was for a few years. It has always been important to me and what led me to hospitality is to create great experiences for people and really ensure that uh, people have the best experience possible in anything and everything that they're doing. Um, after a few years doing that, I realized that it was not necessarily the lifestyle that I wanted for all of time, but I still wanted to be able to have a high impact. And so that's what led me to startups and fast growing companies. So I actually joined Pressed Juicery during their high growth years, um, starting in 2013. 
it was when they were growing quite a bit, rolling out into retail stores across not only Los Angeles, but California and eventually the country. And it was a really important experience for me because I actually joined and started off doing customer service and corporate sales. And about halfway through my time there, they were opening up their first people operations role that was focused on company culture. And I didn't think anything of it. I was perfectly happy in corporate sales. And several people at Prest at the time said, Ellen, this is what you were meant to do. You love making sure that places are a great place to work. You love bringing joy to employees. Like you should apply for this. So I actually ended up applying internally for the position, which I got, which was amazing. And I was able to have that experience at Prest. Um, and that's sort of what led me to MeUndies. Me undies when they were searching for a people culture hire, and um, they were very small. And I was really excited about getting in somewhere which was really at the early stages of growth again, to grow in people operations with a company for for hopefully a long time. Which newsflash, it ended up being a long time. I've been there for almost six years now. Um, but uh, yeah, I joined Me Undies, um, a very small team when I joined, and I had every position in the people function there during my time there from managing the office and culture to recruiting to HR business partner type work all the way till now, which uh, is overseeing the team, which is made up of recruiting HR uh, culture and sort of uh, people operations generalist, which uh, is all encompassing of HR business partner type work, performance management and so on. So that's where I am now. And it has been quite the journey, but it's been a really exciting way for me to grow into this role because I've had the opportunity to do everything along the way. It's given me the experience of what it's like to be in each of these roles, which I think is a good perspective to have. Yeah, you've definitely had quite a journey getting to where you're at currently, and it's really exciting. Um, so looking back, you know, um, going all the way back to your childhood, something you've said before in the past is that you loved growing, uh, sorry, you loved creating experiences when you were younger. And mm -hmm. so looking back now, you know, uh, hindsight being 2020, what were some of those experiences that you realized now were an indicator that you would be leading people and organizations? That is an amazing question. I love that you just asked that. Um, you know, from, my parents would probably say from the moment I could talk, I was trying to create experiences for everybody or understand what brought people joy so I could give them that. Um, whether it was when I was very young, I would put on plays, I would lure my brother into helping me sell my fake tickets to my family to put on plays to help bring them joy or at Thanksgiving dinner, I like to be the hostess and put together the name tags and take everybody's dessert orders and all sorts of things just to like liven up what otherwise would be your standard Thanksgiving or your standard Tuesday. Um, it was really fun for me to, to do that. Um, I, I have always and probably related to this been a bit of a problem solver in taking a look at maybe complex conversations or trying to make decisions and wanting to help facilitate those, which I think has actually come into play quite a bit as well in people operations, given so much of it is um, solving situations for people to help unlock them and help unlock conversations to drive them forward. Um, my 
my parents and family like to tell a story that when I was like four years old, the adults were in a room having a conversation, trying to figure out something that to me, I guess, sounded complex. And I walked into the room with my hands on my hip and said, so what's the problem? Because I wanted to try and and help solve it. So I think that they should have known at that moment in time, it would probably be doing something that merged my my love for bringing joy and, and solving people problems. That's fantastic. I love those stories. Um, and I can just imagine that kind of sass. I have a five-year-old daughter myself. And so just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can, I can totally see that. So I, yeah. I, I kind of get your, uh, what your why is, but do you, uh, can you articulate what your personal purpose is? Yeah. Um, I think that, and I, I actually feel like I found this a lot more even in doing the Anyone Running Club, which you were talking about earlier, which is what my purpose and what truly brings me joy every single day is giving people the opportunity to understand that they are capable and give them to the best of my ability, the opportunity to showcase that they're capable. I genuinely like what makes me energized and what makes me tick every day is like hyping people up. Um, I want people to know their worth and know their value and really push for that and, and showcase that. And I think that is like, if I was put on earth to do something, like I hope that maybe it was that because it's something I really love. That's awesome. So that means you are yeah. the, uh, you are the person to go to, to be a hype person, correct? <laughs> I, uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So as you shared before, when you're at Press Juicery, uh, you went from sales and ended up managing the culture. And that kind of took you into that hard shift into leading people first. Um, And you shared how it was actually someone else who told you to apply. So walk us through that and, and your experience with almost needing to be convinced to apply for that position. Yeah, I... It's interesting because when you're growing up and hopefully maybe this mentality has shifted as people ops has shifted, but at least when I was growing up, you looked at HR and HR was the people that filed paper or fired you or made people sad. It just had such a negative connotation. And so in college and my life, nobody was ever like, you should do HR, right? Because I don't think they would have looked at my skill set or what I enjoy and matched those two things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was never a consideration for me. And so when that role opened, it was the first time an HR position kind of sounded interesting, but I think that I still had that negative connotation of what that meant. Um, within me. And so it wasn't until people were like, no, this is actually like what you're very good at in this new age culture based HR. Um, and so I, I think it really took people convincing me that it was not, not what you see in, you know, office space, the movie, but it's really an opportunity yeah. to, to impact people. And once I realized that shift, it got me very excited about being able to have that opportunity to give people the great experiences that they could have in, in the workplace. So I think that, you know, your experience in that and realizing that, you know, this was a good fit for you, um, it kind of took that other person, you know, again, p- to identify that fit for you. So can you share a little bit more about why it's important for leaders to 
not only identify talent and their team strengths, but also to provide opportunities for them? Yeah, I think one thing I want to know, which is interesting about this situation is the person who told me to apply for that was actually not even my people, my manager, nor a people leader. It was actually a peer at the company who was not a people manager, but was an absolute leader by nature. Um, so I do think it's important to like make that distinction that it doesn't necessarily have to come from the top, um, top or the person that's managing you. I think it's important for leaders to help their team understand their strengths because you can provide all of the opportunity in the world and help them grow and give them, you know, the understanding of how they can grow. But a lot of times, and especially I've seen in our more junior workforce, they might not know what the opportunities are. Um, I think that so many people grow up in this rigid landscape of like there's marketing, there are sales and there's engineering or whatever it is, right? And I think some people don't realize that there are jobs that exist that might be really interesting to them, um, especially some of these newer age jobs like people operations or growth marketing where you're focused on paid social on Facebook or some of these jobs that you really don't know exist if you're coming out of college or um, wherever you're coming from. And so I think it's important for leaders to identify and working with their, their team, what their skill sets are and say, Hey, this might not be a path you've considered, but if you're interested, let's talk about it and let me give you information about what that could look like and then help you help you get there. Yeah, that's awesome. I really love that. And so you, I mean, you've really been able to prove yourself in the roles that you've been in. Um, and I think that that's, you know, one of the reasons why, you are, have been able to grow and really take on more and more. Um, and so there's a lot of people that are like you that grind and hustle and take on more responsibility, but they're not recognized by their managers. So what advice do you have for them? That is so true. And it's one of the things that makes me sad <laughs> to think about. I, I think, you know, it's so important for leaders to recognize the skills of their team and give them the opportunity to be able to grow, right? So that they're not just this hamster on a wheel working so hard for nothing. I think one, it really does come with the organization that you're employed by and making sure that they do prioritize growth and give growth opportunities. I also think it's important to have open dialogue with your manager or leader about where you do want to grow or what you want to be exposed to, to help contribute to your success. I think in my case, um, I'm super fortunate. You know, I joined MeUndies in a time where I was able to have pretty immediate impact and be exposed to quite a bit. Um, and I also was fortunate enough to have managers along the way that gave me opportunity that like I look back on and can't believe that they even, <laughs> even did. Um, but it really pushed me to grow fast because it was kind of like a sink or swim at a fast growing company. So advice to, to people that are working hard and don't feel like they're growing. I think it's really important to evaluate. Are you at a company that is going to recognize and honor all of the work that you're doing? Have you asked for that and you're still not receiving it? Um, and if that's the case, like it is okay to think, maybe there's somewhere else that I should go that can offer me this because I think a lot of companies do and it's just finding the one that works for you. Um, 
because it is important that you're recognized and it bums me out to think that there's people working really hard that that aren't recognized um, for that. I also think it's important in thinking about if you're you know, looking for a job or looking for what the next thing is, is really identifying the size of the company that you want to go to. I think when you're joining an early stage company, you have a lot of exposure to be able to grow and grow quickly and hard work is um, one of the best ways to do that and, and grow fast. So really identifying like what size will you thrive in um, and can you thrive with the current management that's, that's in place. But don't get discouraged. I think um, maybe that's my last piece of advice. I, I think it's really important that if the company you're at now is not following through on the commitment of you working hard, then don't get discouraged. Like it's, you will find your thing if you keep, keep hustling and keep, you know, prioritizing your, your well-being and in the workplace that you choose, you'll find the thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for me, it took me a while to find my own thing. And from there, it also takes time to find the right fit within an organization that will allow you to do that and will actually encourage you to do that. And that's why it's so important, right, for this notion of leading people first, that you really, as a leader, you do promote what people are passionate about and what you think that they're or whatever their purpose is and really cultivate that because there's a lot of talent out there that are in that's in current organizations that they're just missing out and not recognizing the talent that they have and so mm -hmm. it's so important and I, I completely agree yeah so speaking of growth I'm curious what's are you currently working on for yourself to, to grow as an individual? That is an amazing question um, and an exciting one to answer. I, I actually am, um, I, at the beginning of, or actually in 2019, time is crazy right now. In 2019, uh, Mandy's actually kicked off an initiative where we started offering leadership coaches to um, our team members. It's still sort of in a beta test. So we have 10, 10 team members who are going through it right now before we continue to roll it out to others, which is an awesome perk that we, we've added. Um, but I was one of the people to test it out and received a leadership coach. Um, and in doing that, I was like, wow, this is like one, not only incredibly helpful and awesome and a way to help me grow at MeUndies, but it also made me realize like, is this something that could help me to become a coach? So I actually worked, um, worked it out where I have been working through my own coaching certification with uh, IPEC, which is one of the, the leadership coaching certification programs you can do. Um, and that is hopefully so it can help me become a more certified coach in what I'm doing. While I'm already coaching a lot of people through a lot of situations at MeUndies on a daily basis, this has really given me the tools to make sure that I really do know the coaching fundamentals and how to arrive at the right uh, place and even further empower people to get where they're going. So that's actually, it's a, about a seven month program and I am about three months in. And yeah, that's, I'm hoping that that can help me help more people. So very excited to do that. That is really exciting. Something yeah. that I think, you know, that leaders often forget is that coaching is a big part of, you know, managing a team and helping others grow. And again, coaching is such a valuable skill, no matter where you are. Uh, you can use it in your, you know, day to day life, you can use it at work, you know, you can use it as a business. I mean, there's so many applications for coaching. 
And it's just a good way to train your own brain to ask the right questions uh, to help even yourself and help yourself grow. Have you found that yeah. so far? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it has been very interesting because I consider myself as a person who can like generally figure out how to coach myself through things, but it's really valuable. I've found to have an outside perspective, help you understand why you are the way you are and how you're approaching situations and how perhaps you could approach them better. Um, I think it's, the thing about coaching that's really interesting is you don't show up to your first appointment and they say, oh, clearly these are the problems you need to work on. You really are self-identifying what's important to you to really be able to grow and, and grow as a leader. And I think that makes you very bought into to doing it and learning. Um, and I think one of the things that's really interesting about us offering it to the the team members at MeUndies is we, people have been asking for some time, like, I would love to have a mentor or this or that. And our organization is still so small that there's really not a lot of opportunity or extremely senior leaders that have the time to mentor our junior team members. Um, so it's been a really nice way to bring in kind of an outside perspective to help mentor them through the areas that they want to develop to make sure that we're still checking that box, even if it's not something that they're able to get from their direct leader at, at MeUndies. That's, that's so amazing. I mean, me undies is, you know, from what I've read and seen and heard, you know, is really committed to people development and you are clearly not only, you know, leading that charge, but you're living it as well. And so I, I just want to thank you for that because there's so many organizations <laughs> that just, they, they kind of say, Oh, learning and development is this separate thing. And then mm -hmm. here's your job. And they don't marry the two very well. And it seem, really seems like me undies does that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I think so. And I think it's always been important for us to make sure that when we're talking about company culture, we're not talking about the ping pong tables and slides and things like that being in the office, but company culture is really built on people feeling like they have growth opportunities, that they are appreciated and they are empowered to do great work. And so we've always taken this angle of investing in company culture is investing and learning and development and your growth and clarifying priorities and all of these areas that like really make people feel confident showing up to work. Um, so it's, it's a very important thing for us. And I'm, I'm fortunate that MeUndies has given me the opportunity to lead the organization in that way, because I also think it comes from, you know, the C-level executives or the founder and making sure that they prioritize this. So they're empowering their people operations team. And that's something the Andes has always offered me, which has been, has made my job uh, much easier to, to do. That's fantastic. I mean, speaking of ping pong tables, I, I, I actually did have a question. <laughs> what are some like employee experience trends that are under the guise of culture that are currently trending in the wrong direction right so like you know we now know that ping pong tables are not the thing to do right and now we're learning that the open office space went too far um mm -hmm. looking at things like culture fit right uh, or the term culture fit so what are things right now that you're seeing that are like oh that's not actually right or yeah. going the right way yeah well you first of all definitely named three things that are all things that i completely agree with um you know, something that I think has been interesting, to say that this is the wrong thing because we actually offer it at MeUndies, but I think that the conversation needs to continue about the unlimited PTO situation. 
we offer unlimited PTO at Mandy, as a lot of companies do. It's a very competitive perk to offer. It makes sense. People have flexibility, et cetera. But I think that it has proven challenging because there's no guardrails. So for some people, they might think that unlimited, they should only take one week. And for some people, they might think it means six weeks. And then the people who are taking one week are like, oh, wait, should I have taken six weeks? And it creates this lack of clarity of what is okay or not okay because there's no guardrails, which is totally okay because you trust your employees, right? And they can use it however you want, but it's almost putting the people who don't feel comfortable in unlimited PTO at a disadvantage because they're not even taking it enough. Um, so I, I'm interested to see where the perk goes. I think eventually it might migrate more to like, just like a, Hey, you have six weeks of vacation or you have four weeks of vacation, which is still an extremely generous amount, but it's creating a guardrail that's making people feel safe in taking it. Um, and so I think that that's going to be something that continues to sort of evolve over time. Um, also, of course, amidst this COVID situation, remote working. Um, you're seeing it now. Many, many companies are moving to a remote environment. I think there was a point in time and company culture where it was all about the office space. You want everybody there because you have a barista and you have the ping pong table, right? And now it's kind of like, oh, maybe these spaces are better served as a collaborative area where you could have photo shoots and you can have large cross-functional meetings. And it's more of that and less a full desk setup. So I think it's too early to say 100% where that's going to go. Um, but I imagine we're going to see over the next three, four, five months what that looks like long-term for a lot of companies. Yeah, I definitely see the office spaces shrinking, right? The mm -hmm. office footprint shrinking. No matter where people are, you're, you're always going to need people who, you know, like going into the office and want desks and that what works for them. Uh, I would be one of those people. Um, yeah. Working from home is, is for me is rough. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I get that. MeUndies is a very values-driven organization that improves the employee experience and drives results. So how do leaders at MeUndies sustain being values-driven versus switching to oh like what are the numbers this month or you know what are our sales and or what you know x client is giving us a hard time how do they stay focused on the values and the purpose of the organization i think it's you know to be honest of course we're always looking at the numbers and how we're growing and what that growth looks like but something that me adopted early on was okrs or if you're not familiar the objectives and key results um, and so in doing that at the beginning of each year, we're actually going into each year, we clarify very, very much what the main priorities are for the year ahead. So for example, there might be four overarching company OKRs, and that is what we are marching toward the entire year. And the process that that goes through, and it's evolved in the time that I've been there, but the process that that goes through involves a lot of cross-functional team members to really understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and how they're contributing to it. And I think because of that, our leaders have been able to very clearly say, this is the goal that I'm overseeing. And now I'm going to ladder everybody up into it. And I think a big piece of the people puzzle of people feeling like they're empowered and understand the work they're doing is knowing how they're contributing to the greater good. So having these OKRs have empowered our leaders to be able to show their team 
how they are contributing to the greater good. And I think that that's really set them up for success and a very clear goal setting. Um, I think as our OKR process has evolved, we've also made it an even more collaborative uh, format so that we're also helping our rising stars at the company. So each OKR is led by an executive leader, but we now added in um, actually for 2021, a manager or a director level person partnering with them on that OKR to help them learn the ropes and help them learn how to lead this cross-functional group as well. So we're sort of supporting the growth within the company growth, if that makes sense. It's like growth inception. That is, ama- yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, that's not only just taking, you know, leadership development where you help uh, up and coming leaders learn you know, that next step uh, through leadership development programs, but that's really getting their feet uh, wet in, in a safe environment. Uh, so I love that. That's something that I hadn't thought of and I hadn't really heard of before. That's amazing. Yeah, and I can take no credit for how thoughtful and great that is. That's fully run by our operations team, um, our COO and our, our project manager. So they get all the credit for making it such an awesome, awesome process. That's awesome. So given me undie success, why don't more organizations follow this like purpose-driven and employee-first mindset? That is a great question, Chris. Um, I think that it's very easy in a fast-growing company to get extremely excited about all of the opportunities that you can achieve. And I think that at times if a business is trying to do too many things at once, they're growing the team really quickly to tap into all of those areas. And MeUndies has always been extremely pragmatic and thoughtful about the markets we're going into, what we're releasing, making sure what we're doing, we're doing very well um, before we're jumping into the next thing. And I think as a result, it has also caused us to hire in a lean capacity and run a pretty lean team um, because we aren't building out entire departments just to try X, Y, Z thing that may not work out. We're making sure that, for example, like uh, expanding into retail, right? We didn't want to build out an entire retail function just to kind of test that market. Um, You know, we're hiring one person to start figuring out what that looks like, and then we'll continue to hire from there as that continues forward. Um, So I think that thoughtfulness in our growth and and how we're expanding and how we're expanding the team to support those things is, is, I don't know why more people don't do it. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, it's, I don't know why. I mean, I think it's taking, you know, from what you, you've said so far, it's really focusing on, well, what is it that needs to be done, focusing on the purpose and, and the employees and then operationalizing it, right? Is like, what are the things that we want to do and test it out rather than this kind of startup culture where it's like, oh, just dive headfirst, you know, guns blazing into everything and anything that they can do. Uh, without mm-hmm. giving it second thought. So mm-hmm. um, I think that, that I, like you've said, it's a very thoughtful way of approaching uh, not only just the people side of things, but the business side as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what do you do when you have a manager who plainly just isn't able to create a positive employer experience and lead people first? What happens at MeUndies? Um, great question. I MeUndies takes very seriously the ability to effectively manage a team and practice the core values of of what's important to us. And so I think 
if we do have an experience where perhaps a manager isn't doing that, we do everything in our power to make sure we're setting them up for success, whether that's offering some kind of coaching situation or course that they can take, uh, coaching them through it ourselves or hosting mediated conversations or clarifying their expectations or really anything under the sun to try and make sure that we're helping set them up for success. Um, if through all of those things, you know, it still is not a fit or they're not able to lead their people in the expectation that we have, then sometimes we do have to make hard decisions of that person not being a right fit for the organization. Um, and I think that that is a perfectly okay thing. I think that that does not mean that somebody is a bad people leader or a bad manager. It might just be that they're style of, of leadership and management is not consistent with what Mandy's expectations are. And that's okay. Um, it doesn't mean that, that they've done anything wrong or undeserving of being a people leader, but I think it's important to make sure that we're staying, staying true to who we are as Mandy's and what does make our company and our culture so great. And that's really being leaders that empower our team members and that are thoughtful and kind and treat people with respect. And, and a lot of these like very, basic principles that are, are very important to us. That's something else I really love about what you've built and what the culture is at Meet Undies is that even when someone is not necessarily performing to expectations or they're not aligned with the company's values, they're still being treated like people, right? And you're still investing in them and doing everything you can to help them grow and learn from those experiences. And that's something I think that's missing in a lot of organizations is that you know, they're like, Oh, you messed up, you know, here's your, you know, here's your pip. Right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they, and it's treated like a warning, but then they're not given the chance to either learn or prove themselves again. And then they make another mistake and then it's like, all right, see you later. So I love that. Again, it seems like such a simple concept. It's like treat people as humans, but it doesn't happen everywhere. So it's always nice to hear uh, organizations that are truly doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's important too. And when somebody isn't the right fit for, for me undies is making sure that even in the exit process that you're still treating them with respect. I think that so often you hear horror stories of people being terminated and it being like this super volatile or challenging conversation. And we really like to treat people like people like, Hey, we all know that like this probably wasn't the right fit. Like, let us help you figure something else out. We don't want to hold you hostage at a company where you're not happy and it's not working on our end either. Like, let's help you figure out what is the right fit for you. And I think managing people kindly in that way all the way through their exit from the undies is really, really important. That's fantastic. I, I can't applaud you and the, the team more for that because, again, you're treating people with dignity and respect, even if they're uh, being, even if they're not a fit for the company. Mm -hmm. Speaking of fits, uh, and, you know, we, we talked about how culture fit isn't the right way to approach hiring or even diversity, and rather we should really be looking at culture ad. How do you vet someone, you know, or someone between someone who's trying to speak to the company's values and someone who sh actually shares those values yet will also add something to the organization or to, to the team? Yeah, I think, I think one, I'm glad you called that out again. I, I hate culture fit so much. I think it's such a 
impossible thing to vet for because that's what comes down to when people are like, oh, would I get a beer with this person? And that's a great way to just hire a bunch of people that are very similar and not diverse at all. Um, so I'm happy that it seems like many organizations are moving away from this culture fit thing. Um, but for culture ad, I, for us, we vet and, and look at their match to our core values. Um, we have, you know, general questions that we can ask around those, but it's also a lot of how the person is, is, uh, responding to any question in their interview. Right. Um, if you know, one of our core values is around being humble and it's, if you're asking somebody questions and everything they say is, oh, I did this and like this other person tried to ruin it or I did that and like my team was nowhere near me versus the people who are like, oh, I led this really exciting initiative with my team that helped execute this. You can really understand where their values lie, I think in, in understanding the questions in that way and their responses to their questions in that way. Um, and I think in terms of like, what else are they adding to the organization? We're really looking for people that are bringing experiences we don't have, whether that's their background or um, anything that is going to elevate us and, and push us forward, um, especially as a, as a smaller, lean-ish company. It's really important to make sure that people are bringing in unique experiences. So it could be something like coming from a really big company that we aspire to be like. Um, or from a smaller company where they had extremely high growth and can bring value from their experiences there. It really, there's no one size fits all. Um, but I think it's really vetting, like, what are they adding that we don't already have? Yeah, that's a great way to approach diversity, right? Is what is it that they bring that we don't already have? And that is a great way to approach diversity, um, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So what are some skills or some of the top skills that you think are required by leaders to be people first? I think to be people first leaders, I think one, and I, I keep going back to this is empowering, empowering your team or your people to do the best work. And I think that that is different for everybody. And I think it's important, maybe that's the second piece, is being able to understand how you manage individuals and meet them where they are and what their need is. So I might have somebody on my team that empowering means saying, hey, here's a project, go run with it, and we'll talk about it when you get to the finish line. Or it could be, hey, here's a project, these are the deliverables, and each step of the way we can connect and talk through what it looks like. And you'll get the same great outcome at the end, but one person may feel empowered with autonomy and another person may feel empowered with more information or deadlines. And I think it's important to understand who those people are and how to manage them correctly. Because in the person who feels empowered with autonomy, if you give them all these deadlines and check-in points, they might think, oh gosh, this micromanager is driving me nuts. Um, and then they're not going to feel empowered. So I think that that's a really important piece of it. Um, I also think trust. I think it's something that we talk a lot about at Meandies is feeling trusted by your leader. And that means knowing that they're capable, you've hired them for a reason, they're going to bring their expertise to the table and oftentimes be smarter than you are. For example, the recruiter on our team at Meandies absolutely knows more about recruiting than I do. Um, and that's great. That's why she's here. So trusting that she 
understands how to recruit great people and, and helping her when it needed, but not getting in the way of her expertise. Um, I think, and this maybe is like my last main one, and it's so simple, but kindness is to me something that's so important at Neandies. And that doesn't mean that you can't have debates or conversations that you're working through things. But if everybody is coming to the table with a general sense of respect and kindness and approaching the situation, then no matter what that dialogue is, you know that you both want to reach the same goal of doing something great for me and because you've come to the table with a, a kindness and, and respect. So uh, I think that's, that's it, empowering trust and, and kindness. That's great. Those are three great takeaways. Uh, before we get going, one question I really, uh, I love asking our guests is what is the impact that you are working to leave when you lead others? What's most important for me to, to leave with anybody I interact with or with my team is them feeling worthy and capable of doing whatever the thing is. Um, I want to make sure that anybody that I cross paths with feels really confident about what they're bringing to the table, what they're capable of and what their worth is so that whether they're growing with me undies or they leave me undies at some point in time, they can go into whatever that next thing is and really feel like a rock star in their area. Um, that, that would make me feel happy and successful. I think in all that I do. Fantastic. I love that. I think you are leaving an amazing impact all through your career so far. I can't wait to see what your next steps are. Before we go, where can people connect with you? Um, great question. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. Um, you can, if you're a runner, you can follow along on anyone running club. Um, and yeah, those are, those are my main spots. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to give my email address if that's not creepy and weird. Um, my email address is ellen at meundies.com. So feel free to, to ping me if you need anything. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ellen, for coming onto the Leading People First podcast. It was great talking with you and thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was a great conversation. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did talking with Ellen. Honestly, talking with a lot of people ops leaders can be tough because they're passionate about people. However, the organizations they're in may not prioritize the employee experience like Ellen does. I love how Ellen has really allowed individuals to thrive at MeUndies by being empowered to do their work and respecting each person as their own unique selves. And that's what Leading People First is all about. Well, that's it for today. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, make sure you share it with them and leave us a review. There's a lot of people who need to hear about Ellen's amazing work. And also make sure you connect with Ellen. Her contact information is down in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in. Keep leading people first and stay awesome.